Thanks for joining us on the Authentic Church Podcast. Let's jump right into this week's message. Now today I'm starting a brand new series. Who's excited about that? Come on, come on. The series title is The Gifts, okay? And the vision behind this series is to teach you that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The Spirit of God lives inside of you, and he came to bring you power to crush the head of the enemy. Hallelujah. Look at this. And this is the words of, these are the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Jesus said, look, I have given you authority over all the powers of the enemy. Everything that the enemy wants to throw your way, God has already given you power and authority in the name of Jesus Christ to overcome the strategies and the attacks. So he's given us authority over the power of the enemy. You can walk among snakes and scorpions. Now, I'm not going to encourage you to walk on snakes, actual snakes and scorpions. You might get bit, okay? But what he's speaking about here is demonic oppression. He's speaking about demons in your life that want to hold you down in a sin that you used to be held captive in or a process of your mind. Maybe you always thought you were a failure. You always had doubt in your life. Then all of a sudden, bam, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and all of a sudden you believe. You believe in the promises of God and you're stepping into that. So he says, listen, you will be able to walk among the snakes and the scorpions and you will be able to crush them. You will crush their heads. Nothing will be able to injure you. And so the moment you give your life over to Jesus, I need you to understand, Jesus removes this spiritual veil from your eyes, okay? Because now you're seeing things more clearly. Have you ever gone back to one of your old friends that's still living for the world and you have a conversation and you're just like, you're crazy, like you're living for this. Do you not see what God is doing? Do you not see what times we're living in right now? Listen, this has happened to you because Jesus came into your life, removed the veil. And all of a sudden you can see a lot more clearly, but not only that, the spirit of the Lord comes in and he brings you freedom. He brings you freedom on your mind. Who needs freedom over the mind? Let's be honest. Freedom over your heart, over your soul. You can sleep good at night because you know God is handling things you can't handle yourself. That's freedom to be able to sleep peacefully and know that the Lord is handling your situations. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The spiritual blindness is taken away for the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Will you look to somebody next to you and say, I got freedom in Jesus. I got, say it like you mean it. Like I got freedom in Jesus. You have no clue who I used to be. How I used to talk, man, thank you, Jesus. I don't talk like that anymore. You know, God has brought me freedom. And so originally when, you know, I started thinking about this series, I thought that I would just dive into the spiritual gifts because we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so I started to pray and God pressed to my heart and I heard this question, what is the greatest gift? What is the greatest gift? And so I I started thinking of all the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, there's the gift of prophecy, you know, there's the gift of healing and there's a word of knowledge and, and you're able to edify the church and do these things. And so I started to pray more and more and I felt the Lord speak to my heart saying, the greatest gift is to know who the Holy Spirit is. The greatest gift is to actually have a relationship with the Spirit of God in your life so that when you're going through a trial, you can hear God speak. When you're feeling like there's darkness all over your life, God will speak a promise over you to get you through the day. When you feel like giving up, God says, no, don't give up. I got you. 
I'm doing something in your life. This is what it's like to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because listen, here's a warning and a revelation. You can perform miracles. You can witness miracles by the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can even see deliverance in your life and in the life of others by the name of Jesus. But it does not mean you have a relationship with Jesus. Oh, and this is where it gets a little, little difficult, okay? Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 and 23. These are dreaded words that we've heard before from Jesus. But he says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then Jesus will say, I declare it to them, I never knew you. I never knew you. See, you are pursuing these spiritual gifts, but you never pursued a relationship with me. You are pursuing religion. You wanted to look good on the outside. You wanted to look perfect to everybody else around you, but you never desired to actually know my voice or what I will speak into your life, right? And he's speaking to the Pharisees who acted perfect on the outside, but they condemned everybody that they met because they did not have a relationship with God. Because once you have a relationship with God, you start to love people, right? We say we love God, but we don't even love our neighbor, right? And some of y'all are like, well, you don't know my neighbor, I come to my house and you're going to see what my neighbor's like. Listen, I know it's difficult, but the Holy Spirit wants to change your heart. But Jesus said, I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Even these wonderful miracles still mean nothing without a relationship with Jesus Christ. So you can do mighty works in the name of Jesus and still not have a love for Jesus. You can serve every Sunday in the name of Jesus, and still not have a love for Jesus. You can even come in here and look the part from the outside, but God sees what's on the inside. And so the reason I'm preaching this message today is because I want you to know God loves you so much. He has plans for you. He has a purpose for you. He wants you to know his love because his love is what changes your life. And to hear the Holy Spirit speak is the greatest gift. It is the greatest gift. Because here's another warning. I looked into the, the text and I saw this and this really opened my eyes to something. Matthew chapter 10, verses one through four, says that Jesus called his 12 disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Now listen, the names of the 12 apostles are these. First Simon, who was called Peter and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot. We want to stop right there, but there's somebody else. Who is it? Judas. Judas Iscariot, meaning, see, God wants you to see the setup here. He wants you to see the list of names. We don't like names in the Bible. A lot of times we like to skip over that, but God wants you to see something that even Judas at one point had the authority of the Holy Spirit to cast out demons. Even Judas at one point had the authority of the Holy Spirit to see people healed and set free, but Judas never made Jesus Lord over his life. And so here's what happened. He became friends and he started to serve the same demons he had been given authority to cast out. He had a relationship with his demons because of the master that he served. It was never Jesus Christ. He never made Jesus Lord over his life. And so I'm going to tell you something you probably have never heard before. Okay, but it's truth. The moment you accepted salvation through Jesus Christ, 
is also the moment you accepted conflict into your life. Well, nobody told me that, <laughs> right? I thought when I ran to Jesus, everything was going to be perfect. But the Bible says the moment you accept Jesus into your life is also the moment you accept conflict because before Jesus, you were living in your flesh. You were living for your sin. In fact, you had pleasure in your sin. It made you feel good for a time and still it started to break your heart. But then all of a sudden you met Jesus and Jesus came into your life. And now there's conviction over the way you used to speak over the things you used to do, over the things you used to like. You no longer like these things. I remember the time that God just wrecked me. I was a waiter in college and, and I went to this job every single day. I heard all these crazy conversations, never bothered me, never thought about it. And all of a sudden the Lord wrecked me. I gave my life over to Jesus. I'm going to work. I'm hearing these conversations. I'm gonna start crying. And I'm like in the corner, like God, something's wrong with me because they're talking the way they have always talked. But for the first time, I care. For the first time, I see that you have a love for them and they're lost and they're living for this world and you have something better for their life. See, God wants to mold your heart and change the way you think, but there's going to be conflict now because the Holy Spirit came into your life and he wages war against your flesh. He wages war against your flesh for what you want in the moment. Galatians chapter five, verse 17. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. They are opposed to each other. They fight every day you wake up. There was a spiritual fight on the inside. Your flesh says, I want this relationship. And God says, no, you need to wait. Your flesh says, I want to pursue this job. And God says, no, it's not the job for you. Your flesh says, I want this right now. Go ahead and be consumed by it. And God says, listen, once it consumes you, it will destroy you. Follow me instead. And so sometimes in our head, we're like back and forth, back and forth. What do I do? There is conflict now on the inside. But the Holy Spirit wages war against your flesh. Listen, though, I love this. For they're opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. The things you actually want to do are not the best for you. And we just talked about that. We talked about our heart's desires, right? And the world says, follow your heart's desires, but Satan will open up a world full of sin to fulfill those desires. So what your heart desires is not always best for your life. But did you know, listen, here's a revelation too. Real joy and real peace does not come into your life by doing the things you want to do. How many of y'all have realized that by now? I thought this job would make me happy. I thought this marriage would just fulfill me and everything would be perfect, but I'm still going through trials, right? I'm still suffering a little bit. Real peace, real joy does come though by listening to the Holy Spirit in your life. In fact, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It is produced in your life. Galatians chapter five, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love is joy, is peace, is patience. I'm gonna say that again, is patience, is kindness, is goodness, is faithfulness, and so on. Even self-control, because we don't have self-control. We get mad because we don't get things instantly. Whenever your phone just doesn't connect to the internet, we're like, what's wrong with this thing? I got a random answer, a random question for Google, and I can't even like search anything right now. We want it right now. But sometimes God is saying, you better wait. There's some fruits that I want to produce in your life. But listen, pursuing a real relationship with the Holy Spirit, let me say it like this, will always make your flesh jealous. You hear me? Pursuing a real relationship with the Holy Spirit will always make your flesh jealous. I want you to think of your flesh like a crazy ex. 
Okay, that is the best way to illustrate it. Because you're crazy. Some of y'all are like, you don't want to go there. Because your crazy ex doesn't want you to find joy, but also doesn't want you to be with anyone else. Right? You got to stay with me. You got to stay stuck in this situation. So the Holy Spirit comes in and says, take my hand. I got you. I will protect you. I will guide you. Just follow me. I'll protect you from the enemy. I'll even protect you from yourself. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. There is always a way out. So the title of today's message is a little funny, but here it is. The title is Fighting Against Yourself. This is what the Lord showed me. In order to have a deep, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, we must learn how to overcome ourselves our own flesh. And so I'm going to reveal four revelations with you today, how the Holy Spirit will help you do that. Not only that, but at the end of today's message, we're going to take communion together. Hallelujah. And we're going to celebrate all that Jesus has done for us. Okay. Let me share this though, before I dive into the word, the first key to every successful relationship is patience. The first key to every successful relationship is patience, to wait on the Lord, to wait. If, listen, if God is telling you to wait, guess what? It's worth the wait. If he's speaking over your life saying, listen, I want you to wait, something big is coming, then it is worth the wait. Don't mess it up. So let's dive in. Point number one, wait for the promise. God has spoken a promise over your life. You need to learn how to overcome your flesh and wait for that promise. Did you know the first instruction Jesus gave the disciples before he went to be at the right hand of the Father. And he's, he's talking about the Holy Spirit coming. He said, the first thing you need to do is wait. I mean, can you imagine the disciples? Like they're like leaning in. Okay, okay, you're going. Right hand of the Father, you're saying this is better. Okay, I'm listening. All right, there's gonna be power in my life. Okay, good. What do we do? Wait, wait. Listen to the wording here. Acts chapter one, verse four and five. And while staying with them, he ordered them, by the way, this was a command. Okay, so he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise from the Father. Underline that and remember that for your life. Wait for the promise from the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Can we be honest in the room? How many of y'all like to wait? Ain't nobody raising your hand. Okay. All right. Listen, it, it's hard sometimes, right? Our flesh doesn't like to wait. Our flesh says, I want it. I want it now. I need to feel pleasure. I need to feel dopamine. I need to feel full, right? In this moment. Again, we get mad at Amazon for two-day delivery. Two days is too long, right? I need it today. But I love this because what, what Jesus is doing, this is really good. Jesus is establishing a major principle for following the Holy Spirit. A major principle teaching us from the very beginning, before you make that move, before you make that big decision, before you change jobs, before you jump into the relationship, you need to learn how to wait on the Holy Spirit's timing and the word of the Holy Spirit spoken over your life. The reason why Jesus said this. Here's the first reason. There's two. The first reason is this, because when you rush, you get things out of order. When you rush, you get things out of order. Let me say it like this so you can uh, remember it better. When you rush, you cause a fuss. When you rush, you cause a fuss. Why? Jesus knew that if the disciples got too eager and they went out there and they started to share the gospel, they would be excited, but they would not have the power of the Holy Spirit backing them up yet. 
So they would have felt defeated in the moment because they would have felt like nobody is changing and nobody is listening. It's the spirit of God that changes people's hearts. I've realized that as a preacher, every single Sunday, I pray back there. I'm like, God, it doesn't matter what I have prepared. I need you to melt their hearts because I can say the best thing that I can come up with, but if it has no power, it doesn't change your life because the soil has to be ready. So what God is doing, the Holy Spirit just starts to work on your heart, gets that soil ready for the word of God to be planted in you. And then it makes sense. And then it opens your eyes. But Jesus knew they would have felt defeated without the power of the Holy Spirit. Think about it. How many things have you rushed that you wish you could take back, but you can't? How many things, how many processes have you rushed, right? We live in a world today that says, you know, it's, it's foolish to wait till marriage for sex. But yet sex is a gift from God within a covenant marriage, but we listen to the lies of the world. We follow the lies of the world. And so God says, listen, within sex, within a marriage, I will give you security with each other. You will become one flesh. But when you do the opposite, when you rush it, guess what? You invite insecurities into your heart, into your mind, because now there's also some anger there, maybe some jealousy, right? And now you're afraid that this person you just gave yourself up to may leave you, something could happen. And so you have all these things going on through your head when God said, listen, it was meant to be within a covenant. It was meant to be contained, something special for your life. We rush these things. Not only that, but listen, we rush our calling. You realize that? I mean, how wonderful is it when we come into the presence of God and God speaks a calling over our life? I'm going to speak through you. I'm going to do something through you. And we're like, yes, God, I'm ready. And God's like, oh, no, 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 you're way too immature. <laughs> this is for later, but you got to go through the wilderness. You got to go through some trials. You have to be humbled a little bit. You have to struggle because it's in the struggle, you realize that the only one that will ever rescue you is me over and over and over again. And then you will be ready for that position. But if you rush the position now, you will be embarrassed. I don't want you to be embarrassed. God is saying, I want you to see the promises. But one of the strategies of the devil is to rush your mind. You realize that? You're too busy to read the word. You got to go to work right? You got to go get that coffee. Uh, you got sports. You got the, all these things going on right now. You don't have time to be in the word. So go ahead and do what feels good in the moment. Don't worry about the consequences, right? Just do what feels good. And then eventually those consequences hit you in the face and it hurts. When you look at the things that you have done because you did not what? You did not wait on the Lord. You didn't ask God what to do. And again, some of us, we're asking friends who have no relationship with Jesus about the things we should do with our life. We're not even waiting on the Lord because it takes time. We don't wait on the Lord because we want an immediate answer. So God wants you to sit in his presence and he wants you to, to worship him and allow your heart to be molded so that you can hear a word. I'm telling you, it's in those moments that my life was completely wrecked and changed. So the question is, is how do you find strength though? If you're not good with patience, if you don't like waiting, how do you find the strength to wait on the promise to come? And I believe this should uh, benefit your life today because it has helped me in so many ways. But the Lord spoke to the prophet Habakkuk and here's what he told him about the promises to come. Habakkuk chapter two, verses two and three. The Lord answered me, write down what I show you. Write down that vision. Write down that dream. Write down that business idea. Write down what the Lord is speaking over your heart. Write down about the future relationship that I have for you. Write down what I want to do in your life and write it clearly on a sign. 
so that the message will be easy to read. This message, listen, is about a special time in the future. It is a message about the end. It will come true. When God speaks a promise, it will always come true. Always. Well, how do I know? He brings confirmation. He, he gives you spiritual burdens. There's gonna be people that come into your life that say the exact same thing that God spoke over you and his word, it's gonna be biblical. That's how you know it's from the Lord. Write it down, it will come true. But listen, just be patient and wait for it. And that time will come. It will not be late. When God speaks, write it down. And I, I've, I've known people who have seen miraculous things. For me and my family, it was my daughter being healed. You know, when, when she was born with tracheomalacia and couldn't breathe and she had a trach in her throat, immediately God gave us dreams about who she would marry, how she would grow up, all these things. We wrote all these promises down. And so in the moments when I felt like it was going nowhere and we were failing and I didn't know if she would ever have a voice because she didn't have a voice for over two years because of the trach. But God said, one day she's gonna sing. One day she's gonna praise me. One day she's going to shout out loud, my glory, I got you. God reminded us over and over again and today she is fully healed. Today she's fully healed. And the same thing is for your life. Listen, I know you may not see it today and I know sometimes your heart seems broken but God is still working something supernatural over you. You just got to wait. Mm. Because the second reason Jesus told them to wait was because they needed supernatural help to do this. They could not do this by their own talents. That's a mistake that we believe too much from the devil or even from our own flesh. That look what I did. That's a dangerous mindset. Look what I did. Look what I created. Look at, look at my own talents. I can do this by my own strength. Listen, God giveth and he can take it away as well. He can humble you quick. And we see rulers out of the Bible. One ruler was King Nebuchadnezzar. He led Babylon to capture the nation of Israel. He looked at his kingdom and said, look what I've done. And God said, let me humble you for a second. You wouldn't be like the wild beast in the field. And he actually went insane for a time to be humbled. And so pride always comes before the fall. And so don't think that by your own talents, you can do this, but God is saying, you don't need to have everything on your shoulders. I got you, okay? Look at this, Acts chapter one, verse eight. Jesus said, you will receive power, okay? And the translation actually says dunamis power, which means you have explosive power in your life. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We get excited about this text, right? Reaching the world, reaching people all around us. They were scared to death. <laughs> Imagine them hearing this for the first time because when they heard Jerusalem, they thought about a group that crucified Christ. Okay, when they heard Judea, they thought about people who rejected Jesus and wanted to kill him. When they thought about Samaria, they thought about people that had pagan idol worship and had conflict with the Jews. And then they heard to the ends of the earth. How many of y'all would be overwhelmed? Some of y'all are overwhelmed just making it to church this morning. And you're saying, God, you want to use somebody like me to reach the entire world? to share with people you're loving. I don't know if I'm smart enough to do that. And, and God will humble you and he'll say, you know what, you're not. <laughs> but I will make the wise look foolish through you. 
I would do something supernatural through you by the power of my spirit. And so I'm here to tell you today, you will always be overwhelmed if you don't wait on the spirit of the Lord. The reason you're overwhelmed right now, the reason why you feel this anxiety and stress is because you're trying to handle the situation. You want it to work right now, don't you? You want it to happen right now. I need the answer today. And God is saying, today's not the day. But I'm teaching you to wait on the promises to come. Wait on when the Holy Spirit reveals it. Because another truth is this. Sometimes God is going to lead you places you don't want to go. He will. Because he did it to himself. Do you realize the moment that Jesus was prepared and ready to start his ministry, he gets baptized by John the, John the Baptist. The Holy Spirit works through him and leads him into the, the wilderness. 40 days and 40 nights to fast and be tempted by the devil. Does that sound like a good time? That's the first thing that he did. Matthew chapter four, verse one. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Some of y'all think walking into ministry is gonna be perfect. Like, I can't wait to serve. Everybody's gonna be so happy, right? And, and I'm so excited. Everything's gonna be perfect. And people walk in this place, they don't wanna talk to you. They want some coffee, you know what I mean? Like, give me some coffee first, or I gotta go to my seats. And you realize sometimes within ministry, man, it's, it's not the perfect way that I thought it would be. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you into the wilderness. Sometimes you're going to go through temptation. And sometimes you're going to even go through suffering as well. But God says, listen, I will hold your hand. It's all worth it in the end. Because your emotions can give you wrong directions. The way you feel right now, listen, I know that person was rude to you today, but I'm working on them. And the moment you smiled, when they were angry, you changed something on the inside of them. You planted a seed. Keep doing that job. Every single time, hold on to my promises. But it does raise a question. Why does the Holy Spirit lead us places we don't want to go? Here's the answer. To learn how to trust the Spirit of God over your flesh. To learn how to trust the Spirit of God over your flesh. The best way to slay your spirit, to deny, I mean, to, I'm sorry, the best way to deny what your flesh wants right now is to proclaim, I will wait on the Lord. The best way to deny your flesh is to say, I will wait on the spirit of God to show me what it is that I need to do. We say amen in here. We know it to be true, but it's difficult. And I'm not gonna pretend that it's not. Some of you right now, you've been waiting a long time. Some of you right now, you feel like you're in a wilderness and you're like, God, I am waiting and I, I keep waiting, but I just don't know if I have the strength to keep going at this moment, right? I'm waiting on the new job position. I don't have a lot of money and I'm scared. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to walk into this promise, but I'm waiting. I'm here. I don't see it. Or I'm waiting on a relationship. All my friends are getting married and they're having babies and they're, they're getting houses. And I feel like, hey, just, hey guys. And I joke about it, but maybe it really hurts on the inside. And you feel lonely in this moment or you thought these things would never happen in your life. Maybe you're waiting on a spouse to come back because they served the military and they're out there and you don't know if they'll ever come back. They're risking their lives. And so maybe 
When nobody sees it, you're, you're facing depression or you're just suffering on the inside. And so the world will tell you, hey, pursue this drink or pursue this, and this will make you feel good in the moment. At least you can kind of numb the pain for a little while. What do I do if I'm waiting in the wilderness today and I'm, I'm tired of it? I wanna encourage you with the word of God. This is out of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 through 31. Listen to this. He said, he gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Young men shall feel exhausted. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. God says, I will give them strength when they wait on me. I will hold their hand. I will do something supernatural in their life. I will speak existence into something they thought was dead. I will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and shall run and not be weary. You'll be able to run and not grow tired. You shall walk and not be faint. Why? Because you waited on the Lord. The Lord's timing is always perfect. What he has for you is good. And so in those moments where you feel like you want to give up, say, God, I'm going to continue to wait on you. I'm not going to give in to my flesh. But I'm going to believe that even though I don't see it today, you're still doing something supernatural around me because you're a good father. Wait on the Lord. Trust the timing of the Holy Spirit. The second point is this, though. Believe in the promise. So wait on the promise. Believe in the promise. I always say this, um, but in order to have a healthy relationship, you must first believe it exists, right? Because a lot of us have grown up in broken homes. And some of you have seen marriages that just fell apart and were a disaster. And some of us look at those, our lives from the past and say, you know what? It's never going to get better for me. And you start proclaiming this over your life. It's never going to get better for me. Nobody's ever going to love me. I'm never going to have the relationship I deserve. Listen, in order to receive the relationship God has for you, you must first believe it exists. You must have to run over to the Lord. It is the same way with the relationship with the Holy Spirit. You must believe that the Spirit of God wants to live inside of you. You must believe that he wants to speak to you in times of trials or whatever it is that you're facing. And so Jesus not only said, wait to the disciples, he also said, believe together. Look at what the disciples did when they waited for the promise. I love this. Acts chapter one, verse 12. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. Verse 14 and 15, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. What were they doing? They were constantly united in prayer together, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. Hold up. Because the brothers of Jesus before did not believe he was the Messiah until the resurrection. And so you know what I love about this passage? This shows that a mother's prayers mean something in the eyes of God. Because you know that Mary had, had been praying over her other sons to believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, but it was hard for them because he was their own brother. But Jesus, rising from the dead, convicted their hearts. And God's been teaching me this in my own life, even with my own children. See, what we do as parents sometimes, we, we create laws. This is good and this is bad. But it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict their heart. It is the Holy Spirit's job to grab a hold of your child and change the way they think. Actually, just a couple of weeks ago, in the middle of the night, it was really sweet. Uh, my middle son came to us and he said he had a dream about the rapture. And he came and, and woke up my wife and said, I just want to pray right now. 
And I wanna, I wanna, I wanna pray and just, just ask God for forgiveness because I love him. And, and she prayed with him. And it was nothing we did on our part because we had like eye boogers and stuff like that. Like just like, what, do you, what, what happened? You know what I mean? God did it. God is doing it. Only the spirit of the Lord can soften your heart and change the way you think. And so I love that, that even the brothers of Jesus believe in him. And then it says, during this time, about 120 believers were together in one place. 120 people risked their lives together. Why would anybody do that? Because Jesus said, wait, and they believed together in the promise. One mindset, one purpose. Believing in the promises of God. This will bless you today. But listen, God wants you to surround yourself with people who believe in the promises. You hear me? God wants you to surround yourself with people that are like, let's go. I don't care how big it is. I don't, how, I don't care how scary it is. I know that the Lord has spoken this. And listen, if you don't believe, please get out of the way. <laughs> I love you. I'll pray for you. But I'm ready to step into the promise that God has spoken over my life. I'm ready to get there for I know the Lord will always hold my hand. Meaning, don't walk with doubters. Because what do, what do people who doubt do? They, they start to insert their doubts inside of your head. You know somebody like that? No matter how good it is, no matter how great things are going, they're like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this is gonna work out. I don't know if we have enough money. I don't know if we have enough talents. I don't, I don't know if any of this is gonna work out. Listen, did God say we were gonna do this? Did God say that we would do this by our own strength? No, the Lord said he would do it. You realize every time God spoke to the Israelites about the promised land, God said, I will hand this land over to you. He never once said, you will do this. He said, I will be the one to hand this land over to you. All you have to do is believe. And when you believe, you'll be able to step into the promise. Listen to this. James chapter one, verse six and seven. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person will not receive anything from the Lord because of their own disbelief, their own doubt. God doesn't want you to put one foot in and take one foot out. This isn't the hokey pokey. All right, there's my preacher joke for the day. Okay, so... But we do this a lot, back and forth. God, I believe. God, I don't believe. God, I do believe. God, it's scary. You know what I mean? And we go through this, don't doubt. Have people around you that say, you know what, let's go. I believe in the promises. I know God can do it. Not only that, but listen, also, don't walk with cowards. The Bible actually talks about this. And, and in our culture today, we're like, well, coward, being a coward is not that bad, is it? Now listen to this. Revelation chapter 21, verse eight. But it's for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, for the murderers, the sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and liars. Their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. How did cowards get put in this group? How did cowards get put in this group? Because they will not follow Jesus. They're too afraid. They're too afraid to follow Jesus. They're too afraid to risk everything. They're too afraid to give up things. So they turn away from Jesus and they turn away from his salvation because it may seem too hard. Surround yourself with believers who have courage and faith and watch those promises unfold in your life. You become like the people you do life with. Last Thursday was really cool. I was eating the Lord's chicken, which is Chick-fil-A. And... Uh, <laughs> 
And you know you're gonna receive a word from God when you're eating Chick-fil-A. And I'm in the drive-thru. And that day I was supposed to fly out to Miami to preach at the conference. And uh, a good friend of mine, his name is Craig Brown. And he, he has a great online ministry as well. He's reaching the world, doing incredible things. He, he texted me that morning and he said, man, you are on my heart. I prayed over you and I got a word from the Lord. And he just said, next level, next level. And it blew me away. I said, bro, you don't even know. Today, I'm getting on a plane, heading to Miami to preach for next level youth. And he was like, I had no idea that you were going to Miami today. And I said, man, that makes me feel so good because I hate flying. And now I know I'm not going to crash. God's got me, okay? Everything's going to be okay. And he also sent me this text. He goes, okay, yeah, it, it is confirmation for that. But I want you to know this is also for your church. This is also for the ministry. This is for the missions. This is for what the Lord is doing. Maybe it's the building. I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm just feeling from the Lord next level right now. And then he said, it's next level in the spirit of God. He said, it's next level with the Holy Spirit. God is going to do supernatural things in this church. And it's amazing to me. Listen, we are having so many people right now giving their life over to Christ just because of our online ministry. They're having tribes together online. They're helping each other. There was one woman, I heard this story, it amazed me. One woman was going through depression. Another woman that lived in a different state within the tribe connect group said, you know what? I, I raise puppies. I'd love to give you a puppy for free to help with that depression. And the other woman said, well, I don't have the money to go. The group got together, paid for her way to fly out and get that puppy and go back. Those testimonies right there mean the world to us. Not only are you part of the family, but you're doing ministry online. God is also doing things in this house. People are traveling here. Every Sunday we're seeing this altar flooded because of the presence of God. And I realized, you know, for a long time, for me growing up, I never saw that. I'll be honest with you, I never saw that. And so it's by God's grace that we're seeing that in this church today. Our children's ministry is growing so fast because we believe in the next generation. We wanna see them raised up in the kingdom of God. So let me say it like this, we need your help. <laughs> Seriously, we need more people to sign up today to help back there because we have so many kids coming in. We need to make room for the next level. A word of encouragement can make all the difference. When you're going through a hard time, when you feel like you just don't have it to keep moving. And so I'm looking at this text and I see that 120 people believe together. And then immediately after that, 120 people believe together, all of a sudden the spirit of the Lord moves, 3,000 people get saved. The first mega church of the Bible. <laughs> 3,000 people get saved immediately. Why? Acts chapter two, verses one through four. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared on them and rested on each of them. Listen, fire out of the Bible means purification. So the Holy Spirit coming upon them with fire purified them. The Spirit of the Lord purified them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. They were able to speak in different languages they've never learned. And, and there's, there's commentators that believe at this day, because it was the day of Pentecost, there could have been around 100,000 to 250,000 people in Jerusalem at this time. At this time, do you hear the gospel? See, God's timing is perfect. He's setting something up perfect for your life. So if you know God is telling you to wait, it's for something really good. Do not stop believing just because you're in a season of waiting. Okay? He knows what you want. He knows what you're going through. Do not stop believing just because you're in a season of waiting. 
But point number three is where the conflict comes in. Point number three is this, fight for the promise. We need to learn how to fight our flesh, to believe in the word of God. Listen, before we can be filled, we must first acknowledge that we are empty, okay? And, and a lot of people in our culture today just feel empty. We feel like there is depression in our life. We don't know what to do. And so the Bible talks about it like this, and I'm a, I'm a visual learner, okay? The Bible says that when you live for your flesh, you actually bring hell up into your relationships. Think about it like that. When you live for yourself, when you live for your flesh, you bring hell up into your relationships. And the Bible says this is like spiritual darkness coming into your life and it fills you. And you feel like you have nothing to give. You feel lost and you feel like you do not have hope because you are spiritually dark on the inside. But the Holy Spirit comes into your life and brings heaven down into your relationship. And so he brings this light that comes into you. Now, listen, it's your decision on what you give into. It's your decision on what you follow. You can follow your flesh. Will it satisfy you? Or will you walk through a lot of darkness? But when you follow the Holy Spirit, even though you don't understand why God is telling you to do this, there will always be light and a promise in the end. There's a blessing for you. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23, it says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of the light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. So if that light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Meaning, what are you consuming? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you allowing into your life? <coughs> Excuse me. Because everything around you wants to fill you. Because you're an empty vessel. But you're a vessel that's meant to be used by God, for he is the potter, we are the clay. I want to show you what our flesh wants to fill you up with, though. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. And the devil screams, you know what? This is your identity though. Isn't this what you crave? Isn't this what you want? Isn't this what you battle? Then why are you not giving into it? This is who you really are. So stop pretending. But the Holy Spirit says, no, that's who you used to be. Because the moment you came to Jesus, you were washed by the blood of Jesus. He sanctified you and he called you his child. He adopted you into the kingdom of God. He says, listen, all the spiritual darkness that used to be in your life is no longer there. I made you clean. I'm doing something new in your life. But when we look at this text, listen, there are three categories of your flesh that will fight the spirit. The first category that we saw is sexual sin, lust, pornography, homosexuality, one night stands. A lot of us in today's culture, we, we get this, this lie in our head that says, you know what? You feel lonely. Go ahead and just give into it. Go ahead and give into the moment. At least it'll make you feel exciting and, and life will be better. And then you feel devastated in the end because what the darkness does, it fills you up with shame. When Adam and Eve first rebelled against God and sin came into the world, it says that they were full of shame and they hid from God. And so when we get things out of order and we don't listen to God, the spiritual darkness comes in and brings shame and we start to hide. We hide from the presence of God and we start to hide for what he wants to do in our life. God wants to free you from that. But the second is spiritual sin. 
sorcery and witchcraft. And listen, please don't be naive thinking that this is not happening in our nation today. It is happening all around us. We see it in children's shows. I mean, they're really targeting the youth today. In fact, this is, um, I should worry you, but the hashtag witch talk is one of the most trendy hashtags right now on TikTok reaching 47 billion views. 47 billion views on TikTok reaching young uh, girls and young boys on how to conjure up demons and how to cast spells. And just to put it in perspective, listen, the hashtag Christian TikTok has 51 billion views. Look at how close they are. There is a spiritual fight happening right now in our nation and in your homes. It's not a time to play around. It is a time to get right with the Lord and say, God, I'm ready. Jesus, I'm ready for you to come back. And every time there's some type of demonic witchcraft around me, I know in the name of Jesus, those demons have to leave. For me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And I know his Holy Spirit will protect us. The third, though, is this. This is hard. Social sin over your relationships. Jealousy, anger, hate, saying things like this. I would never forgive you. I hate you. I don't like you. I can't believe what you did to me. I trusted you, yet you still did these awful things within my life. And so when we start to say these words, right, I need you to understand the devil wants to fill us up with hell so that we speak the language of hell. Because when you say, I hate you, that's the language of hell. When you say, I'll never forgive you, that's the language of hell. Why? Because hell is a place of unforgiveness. Hell is a place where you cannot repent. There is no changing once you get to that place, that point in your life. But the devil wants us to speak this type of language every single day just because we have hate in our hearts. And I was reminded of the story of the prodigal son, right? The prodigal son, he was the younger brother. He rebelled against his father, took his inheritance, and pretty much went to Vegas and did all these crazy things. (laughs) And then he said, you know what? Now I'm eating with the pigs. I want to go back home, right? He goes back home and he thinks he's going to serve his father. And his father says, listen, my arms are wide open. I love you. You're still my child. I'll take you back in. I have good plans for you. What did the older brother do? The older brother is an act of of being religious, meaning he looked good on the outside. But listen, he had a problem with grace. He had a problem with grace because he did not understand why God was forgiving someone that turned their back on the family. That's the language of hell. When you say, I will not forgive you. But the Holy Spirit comes into our life and says, listen, you've been forgiven. You have grieved the Holy Spirit so many times, but he never left you. He never stopped speaking to you. So God wants you to show the same grace to other people who devastated you because that's freedom. To look at somebody who hurt you and say, it doesn't bother me anymore. That's the greatest freedom you can receive from the Holy Spirit. He has that gift for you today. We all struggle with temptation. Let me read this before I get into my last point. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. The temptations in your life are no different. Okay, you're not an oddball. Okay, just because you're going through something. Somebody else is also going through it as well from other experiences. But God is faithful. Okay, he knows what you're dealing with. He would not allow the temptations to be more than you can stand. For when you are tempted, he will always show you a way out. Every time you can run to the Holy Spirit to be free. My last point is is this, and then we're gonna have a time of communion to celebrate what Jesus has done for us. 
but it's receive God's promise. I love this. You wait on God's promise. You believe in God's promise. You fight for the promise and you receive the promise. Let me say it like this. Please, please listen. A lot of us are asking God just to kick the door down. A lot of us think that when we come to church, God's just gonna like wreck us and do something crazy and just take us over to the Holy Spirit and we're not gonna know what we're doing and stuff like that. No, God is a gentleman. And what God does out of the scriptures, he actually comes into your situation and guess what he does? He knocks on the door. It's crazy to me. The Bible says that he, he, he's knocking. He says, look, I, I know that you're hurt on the other side. You just, but it's your decision to let me in. I know that you're going through something right now. I know that you feel scared and lonely, but I'm still knocking at your door. And so many times we're saying, Jesus, please come back later because I don't have it all together. I'm really struggling right now and I really, I really hurt you and I really did some bad things. And so I'm just, I'm not ready to talk. And so when I'm ready, I'll let you know. And Jesus is saying, but I'm still here. I'm not leaving. I'm going to be knocking on your door because I already know what you're suffering with and I know what you need. And you're letting everything else in, but you're not letting me in. Revelation chapter three, verse 20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, and open the door, I will come in. That's when I will heal you. But Jesus needs or wants you to open up the door into your heart. He's not gonna force a relationship on you you don't wanna have. It's up to you. I want you to hear the promise from Peter. Again, the Holy Spirit just wrecked them and filled them and we see in Acts chapter two, verse 38 and 39, Peter said to them, he's talking to the same people that crucified Jesus. And he said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here it is, for the promise is for, it's for you. Well, you just looked at somebody next to you and said, the promise is for you. The promise is for you. And the promise is also, listen, it's for your children. How good is that? It's for your children. It's for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And for all of those who are far off, all of those who are far away from the presence of the Lord, who think that they did too much wrong in their life, that promise is for them too. The moment that they run into my presence, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself will be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So are you far off? Do you feel lost? Can I have you stand right here? Listen, before we go into a time of communion, if you need prayer, I, I would love to pray over you today. Our prayer team, come up front. Listen, God is already molding our hearts and doing things on the inside. We've, we've seen that even before I started to pray or teach. But what is God speaking to you today? Is there something you're not believing? Is there something you're not waiting on? Are you rushing things right now? And God is telling you, hey, wait, and you need help to wait. Or maybe it's just believing in the promise or maybe it's just fighting your flesh. Maybe you're gonna be honest today and say, you know what, pastor? I've been allowing a lot of darkness into my heart. I've been allowing a lot of darkness into my mind, just filling it with things that are not good for me. And I've been broken and I want this. I want this in my life. Listen, you can receive that today. The moment you run to him, you can receive his promises. 
So one more time, let's go into a time of worship. And listen, I would love to pray over you. If you want to come up front, let us pray over you right now. Give it over to the Lord. Let us sing and declare His goodness. Come on. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you've been blessed by this message, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss future messages. And if you feel led to give to this ministry, check out the link in the description and see the other ways you can get connected.